build your community first because that community you know building your community doesn't cost anything if not your time and if you show them your passion uh, what drives you you know the values that you've got as an entrepreneur and as a company then people will buy into that and that is exactly you know what you know really drives also investors to invest in yourself right they invest in your dream they invest in who you are rather than you know investing in you know this is my product invest yeah. in it hey guys welcome back to the back self show this week on the show we have sara simeone who is the ceo and founder of digital oracles now i'm not going to tell you what she does she's gonna be much better doing that than i am so sara let's dig straight into it tell me about who you are where you're from and what you do Right. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, I'm originally Italian, so, as you can hear from my accent. I, I didn't place it, I'll be honest. I was trying to guess. <laughs> I didn't get it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you did then. Um, so I've been um, like a digital nomad, let's say, for the past uh, 17, 18 years. Um, you know, I've been living in uh, five different countries. Um, and working for a lot of uh, corporate companies um, from the digital advertising side of things. I started my career in WPP. Um, I moved to client side, working for Vistaprint, where they moved me to Barcelona, which was an amazing experience. Uh, then I moved to uh, the cold Sweden um, in Stockholm, uh, working amazing. for uh, with the biggest uh, cosmetics company and there uh, starting their digital uh, journey. And then I decided to come back to the UK when I got a great job at, uh, you know, in London. Um, and uh, my reason actually for coming back was also that I was uh, studying part time. So, you know, after my career, I decided to go back to study and uh, to do my master's uh, in digital marketing strategy because I've been doing that for all my life. But I was like, OK, my dream since I was a child was to actually come to the UK and study at UK university. So I was just like, okay, why not? Let's do that. And so, um, you know, I found this great master here in Manchester. Um, I was doing that part time and, um, and that's when I actually started to get very close to, um, you know, the blockchain world. Um, because my research was about how machine learning and blockchain would have an impact on the future of digital marketing. Um, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, self-sovereign identity. Um, and, uh, you know, that was one of the reasons why um, I, you know, I wrote this piece. Um, and then, of course, I mean, from there, I started to get, um, you know, uh, to speak at various events. This was, you know, in 2018, uh, when we didn't even know about the existence of COVID. Um, and, um, you know, from there, basically, I got noticed by um, CV Labs, Crypto Valley Labs in Zug. Um, that asked me to actually start mentoring for um, their accelerator, which is a blockchain, the first European blockchain and crypto accelerator. So um, and that's when, you know, my you know, passion for startups uh, really took off um, because I've always been very close to the to startups uh, everywhere I've been. Um, I always helped, uh, you know, small businesses with their own ideas to actually make sure that, you know, I helped them to create go to market strategies that were affordable. Um, you know, even if I was dealing with, you know, huge, you know, huge budgets, you know, but I mm. like to actually work with zero budget because I think that that's where, you know, you can actually make the difference. You know, you can think outside of the box. 
Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, and then here I am, you know, my professor at university, once I finished my master, asked me to uh, come to Manchester because there was a, a lack of digital, um, you know, skills. Um, so I um, also lectured the university for a year part time while I was starting my business. Um, and then I decided to go full time on the business a couple of years ago. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a bit of a, that's a whirlwind. I mean, there's a lot going on there. Okay. So um, I've got three questions straight off the bat. Okay. Let's get straight into this. Okay. Yeah. All right, sure. Before we even get to digital oracles, we're going to, we're going to go right through this backstory. So first of all, um, okay. You were already successful in your field and you decided to go back and then do a master's in your field. Did you learn anything that you didn't already know? Yes. To think in a critical way, um, you know, when you are doing this job, whatever job, um, I believe that you can learn by doing. And I'm a big believer of that. I don't think that, you know, we need universities so in most of the cases, unless you're doing a very specific job. Right. But, um, you know, especially when it, it, it you know, it, it came, you know, I, I come from a um, from Italy. I, you know, studying in, in Italy, um, you know, business and then, you know, no one in, in the early 2000 uh, knew anything about digital. Um, so in order for me to actually get closer to that that world, I had to travel. So, you know, that is that what that is really what what drove me to you know travel to to Paris first to do my first internship and then you know what propelled my career. Um, so, but after that, you know, you you learn a lot of bad habits at work as well, and uh, you know you learn to you know to do shortcuts. Um, but sometimes you really need to take a step back, um, and you really think about you know all the pros and cons of what you're doing. Um, and that is when, you know, I thought I need a little bit of, I want to understand this from a more holistic point of view. And I think that that's what really helped me. Uh, but I can also tell you that I regret in a way that I've done what I've done because in, it really killed my creativity. So it took me a couple of years to really, and to start my own startup, to really think about how can I do this in a more creative way without being too stuck up, you know, too stuck into the, uh, the theory of how to do things. Oh, right. So your master's like, so it, it killed your creativity. It got you to... In a way, I think so. You know, it just like, made me very critical, you know, to a point that I almost, you know, second guessed myself for yeah. some things, right? Because, I mean, the, the, whole, the whole purpose of doing this, uh, you know, your master studies is to actually look at different sources and compare and contrast. Um, and you never have to take a position, you know, a real clear, you know, position on, on a specific topic. Because obviously, you know, someone else has already discussed that yeah. and debated that. Um, so, you know, whatever you're going to say is wrong. <laughs> whatever you're going to say is right. So one thing I know for sure is that no one is right and no one is wrong. <laughs> okay. okay. So, so that's interesting. So would you, so that's because, um, yeah, it's interesting. So would you, in hindsight, would you recommend if someone has been through the process and been experienced in the person going back to school to help? You know, sharpen their skills would you would you recommend it or in hindsight would you be like well actually maybe it's not the right thing to do what would you say i would say yes do it if okay. you feel that uh that is something you need because i always wanted to do that was my dream yeah sure um if you've got that chip on you your know, shoulder right and you want to go exactly and, yeah. 
I get it. And, you know, you have to be ready to actually compromise a lot of things as well, because, um, you know, I compromise my personal life. And, you know, it just like working full time in a job that is mm. extremely demanding, working, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, um, you know, studying as well. It's It's been a very hard three years of my life. I can tell you that. I get that. I get that. I get that. Starting a company or doing anything like that is hard. Like, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a production overload. I get it. Okay. You got me really excited. You had a phrase there that got me, <laughs> probably every founder who ever listens to this excited. You like to do marketing with zero budget. Mm-hmm. Right. Stop the show. Let's talk about this right now. Okay. So <laughs> someone who's huge experience and you obviously are a WPP where you're working with monstrous budgets. Like, what do you mean by that? How on earth can someone create a marketing plan with zero budget? Give me some tips right now. Let's do it. Well, I mean, it really depends on, uh, you know, the um, the field you're in. And I always okay. dealt with tech uh, startups, right? Yeah. Um, and I like B2B or B2C? Both B2B and B2C. Okay. You know, for instance, one thing that I always say to um, to, to startups um, is build your community first. Because that community, you know, building your community doesn't cost anything, if not your time. And if you show them your passion, uh, what drives you, you know, the values that you've got as an entrepreneur and as a company, then people will buy into that. And that is exactly, you know, what, you know, really drives also investors to invest in yourself, right? They invest in your dream. They invest in who you are rather than, you know, investing in, you know, this is my product, invest in it. Um, So that's for sure, you know, community first, I would say. So going practically into that a little bit. So how do you build so, that community? Now, obviously, people who talk about building community is absolutely community definitely is king. I, you know, I, I feel, feel the absolutely. recipient, the benefits of that myself in my company. But what, like, how do you practically go and build a community? How do you do that? Absolutely. I mean, there are so many tools out there. And, uh, you know, what I say as well, it's you first have to build your own profile. And I think it's so important that you work on yourself um, and discover who you really are and how you want to actually, you know, portray yourself in front of other people. And I always say, be yourself. You cannot be someone who you're not. You know, I am Sarah. I'm a very determined, you know, uh, Italian entrepreneur based in the UK with international background, you know, with a passion for blockchain, crypto and, you know, startups. And that's who I am. And people buy in who I am. And, you know, I basically do that, you know, with the tweets I send, with the LinkedIn posts that I I, I write, uh, you know, with the articles I write for a lot of different, you know, digital magazines, both in Italian uh, and, you know, other languages, um, you know, and the communication that I've got with, you know, other people on channels like, you know, Telegram, but also Clubhouse now has become like, you know, a huge, you know, huge channel for me. You know, I managed to build a very strong following uh, over there because I keep talking about, you know, the things I'm passionate about in very simple words so that people understand and can relate to them. You know, I think that if we are very, you, you know, we show that we are human and vulnerable, people will relate to that. So that is definitely a way that, um, you know, I, I can see, you know, building uh, your community around you. It's more about building, you know, um, your team. I would say, rather than a community, seeing a community as for, you know, I want to leverage that community to get somewhere else. I think it's more about making people feel like we are building a team of people that believe, you know, in me as a leader and in the company I'm building. Sure. And that's, I guess, like the way you articulate that, like you just do that through like delivering content, right? So you just like, yeah. so how does it, when you talk about it, you talk about like 
you know, when you tweet and you do stuff on LinkedIn and using Clubhouse, like <clears throat> getting into the weeds of it here, because people listen to this, I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, I can use all those channels and so forth and I can be who I am and so, but like, what are you doing? Are you, are you giving them advice? Are you telling them about your, your stance on a particular view? Are you, I mean, what, what is it that you're, you're actually creating within that, yeah. that content strategy, right? I think that what you have to do is to give back all the time. And what I mean with that is that um, if you are very, uh, if you're an expert in an area, you know, I hate that word expert, but you know, if you are passionate in an area and you, uh, you master that area, I think it's so important to educate people around that area, um, you know, and provide them with, you know, various um, alternative views on how to view that specific sector. To give you an example, right? Um, I often talk about, you know, blockchain and, uh, you know, um, NFTs in this case, we're talking about non-fungible tokens, everyone yeah. is talking about them. Um, but, you know, I, I cannot position myself as a person like, you know, is suggesting or recommending projects. I can definitely, you know, share with you my experience and my journey to actually starting, you know, in this field uh, back in 2016, 2017, and struggling to actually find a good exchange and, you know, having a lot of uh, uh, failure, you know, failing so many times in finding the right tools and the right communities where I could, you know, just grab all this information and, uh, you know, almost teach myself, like, you know, how to trade or how to buy cryptocurrencies, how to send them to another wallet. What was a wallet? You know, so sharing my experience is actually a way for me to educate, you know, other people. Um, and of course, I mean, it's a way for them as well to actually take this information and go online and, you know, you know just dig deeper and uh, find their angle. So all I want to do basically is to inspire other people to actually be curious and, like, you know, keep, keep learning. It's a great, it's a great attitude. I like that a lot. So it doesn't cost anything. So like you said, it's, it's it free, right? Anything. If you've got that wisdom, you know, you can like, I love medium. I write stuff on medium all the yeah. time. I get it, you know, but I guess there's so many platforms out there. Like some people feel uncomfortable. Like I hate Twitter, um, yeah. terrifies me. I know I'm going to say something wrong and I'm going to get canceled. So I just, <laughs> I let Rosie, our producer deal with that. Um, so like it's, but it's one of those things where it's like, you just have to, find what you're comfortable with, right? And just, just keep putting yeah. stuff out there because you will find that tribe. You'll find the people who resonate with what you're saying. So once you've built that community first, okay, so you build that community and then I guess you use that as a channel to acquire customers, right? I guess that's the, the zero cost strategy. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, together with, uh, of course, I mean, partnerships. Um, you know, one thing that I've done since the beginning was to actually find uh, commercial allies. Um, you know, in this case, it could be like for me, uh, like, you know, being a mentor at Crypto Valley Labs was definitely, you know, an endorsement for, for us as a company, but for me as, a, as an expert in my field, uh, but also a logo on my website and a yeah. partnership, you know, to actually um, get, uh, you know, these startups potentially, you know, more deals flow for my company. Um, you know, I've done so many things like that. Um, you know, I'm part of the World's Business Angel Forum. I just applied through, you know, online. I just got in touch with the founder on LinkedIn. Uh, I managed to build that relationship. And on the back of that, we actually managed to you know, actually, I managed to be one of their UK and IE ambassadors. So, you know, these are all very uh, simple, you know, ways uh, to really strengthen these relationships and create partnerships that could potentially propel your business at a later stage. But you have to be ready to give back. 
you know it's not about yeah. you know, street, taking. Right? It's a partnership absolutely so people so there are people who'll be like listening to this and they'll be like yeah okay great i'd love to set up some partnerships but maybe they're a bit early. They're like, maybe I don't have anything to give. Maybe I don't know what, what side I'll give. And I know you're shaking your head now. I know yeah. people can't see that, right? But like, so when you hear that, what do you say when someone says, yeah, it's a bit early, I don't think I can do it yet. What do you say? It's never too early. Um, you know, you always have yourself um, and your skills. You know, when I started, for instance, with uh, uh, CB Labs, all I had was just, you know, my a paper that I made on the back of my research and uh, a lot of knowledge that I built, uh, you know, across the years. And that was what I was ready to give back. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure we are all, you know, um, experts in an area, uh, or at least, you know, we can cut our own niche. And, you know, that is what we should be able to, you know, to give back to, to, the, to the partners we are talking to. Um, and, you know, you start from there and then you just basically build on that. And I think that that is so important because, I mean, then people start to get to know you as an individual and then they, they trust you. And finally, after they trust you, they can trust also what you're building. But if you're just basically pushing, you know, what you're building right away, how can I trust her? I don't know anything about you. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, I get that. I think that's really good advice. So one more question on this before we move on to the historical. The, one more. How do we make that work at scale? So I guess there's something about this. And also, I guess when I'm asking you for some hacks here, because <laughs> the, I'm, you know, every founder has started a company and been like, oh, I've got to raise my profile. Right? I've got to get myself bigger. I've got to raise a profile. I've got to build a community. But I've also got to go and hire my team. I've also got to go and raise money. I've also got to do it. And the reality of it is like, there is, it's very hard to see direct value in raising your profile until you actually feel it. Until you actually get to that point where someone's like, yeah, I know you. Yeah, I saw you do this. Yeah, and then you do feel it and you're like, damn, that was worth doing. But it's hard to do it. So what are your, do you have any tips or hacks to help people, first of all, do it at scale or maximize the outcome of what they're doing? Oh my God, that's a great, great question. All I can say is uh, surround yourself of very clever people. Um, and, uh, you know, people that are even more clever than you and then, you know, than you and I, um, because they will definitely have a lot of ideas on how, you know, you can best propel your business and accelerate that growth. Uh, but, you know, the easiest answer I can give you is lots of hard work. Um, and unfortunately, there is no right recipe. There are no shortcuts in this. You know, you can't just apply shortcuts to building a community unless you're doing something extremely dodgy and you want to do that very quickly. You know, I always have the, um, you know, what I, um, I don't know if you, um, if you, if you are into the blockchain or crypto space, but back in 2017. I am. I'm a big fan of Bitcoin. Oh, great, great, <laughs> yeah. great. So I'm pretty sure you remember in 2017, there was like um, this rush, this gold rush to, uh, you know, the ICOs, the initial coin offerings. And there were so many companies that were building a community on Telegram. Uh, and they were doing that extremely quickly because, of course, I mean, all these people wanted to get rich quick. Right. And, uh, you know, so everyone was actually, build, you know, building these Telegram channels 
huge amount of followers, but you know, you could also see that they were using techniques such as airdrops, for instance, which are incentives, sim simple incentives to actually get people to actually join a channel, join, you know, a, a specific website or join, join the waiting list. You know, we can see also Clubhouse, what they've done. I mean, they've done that very cleverly, like, you know, with the invites, you mm. know, building that hype around, you know, like, there is something that is happening. Come there, be first, that formal. Yeah. You know, definitely that is something that we can all play with uh, because it's actually very cheap to put together, like, you know, a referral uh, campaign in that, you know, in, in that regard. So, yeah, I mean, that, you know, what I, what I would probably say just here <laughs> and then because, I mean, um, a lot of our, lots and lots of hard work for sure. Amazing. I totally buy into that. In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? Making sure you never miss an episode of your favourite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much. Okay, right now, that was your past life. Now you've got digital oracles. So tell me, what was the what was the problem? Before you tell me what you do, tell me what was the problem that you saw in the world that you wanted to fix? Well, um, as you know as well, you're speaking to a lot of investors and um, and startup owners, right? Yeah. So you know as well that investing, and you're an investor yourself, and you know that investing in early stage businesses actually carries a lot of risk. Um, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that I noticed that was for sure, you know, we did two years of, of R&D before starting this, right? A lot of, you know, back to my research, you know, a lot of desk research, lots of, you know, face-to-face -face calls with, you know, family offices and uh, angel networks, uh, VCs. Um, and what we discovered for sure was that, you know, the startup scouting and selection process is definitely inefficient, time-consuming. Mm. Um, and led by human bias. And we know that, you know, when I say this to, to investors, they have a smile normally. <laughs> and so they, they, they smile and they say, yes, unfortunately, this is correct. And it's actually driven by gut feelings. And these gut feelings are, you know, mainly driven by, I'm having a chat with this, uh, with Sarah today. I really think that she's smart. You know, I really think, I really like, you know, the, her attitude. I've got the feeling, you know, I like the team who's, who's around her. You know, I'm pretty sure we, you know, she's going to have a great, uh, you know, she's going to put together a great business. But is that the case? What about, you know, my past background? What about, you know, the passion and commitment I put every single day in what I do? Um, you know, what about, uh, you know, my performance and what, I, you know, what I'm, I'm doing to build, you know, all the stepping stones to actually get to the point of, you know, building the MVP, bootstrapping, you know, going live, raise funding. All of that is actually an iceberg. All you're seeing when you're talking to a founder is just, you know, my face. And unfortunately, most of the times, this, this, you know, the first impression is always a little bit misleading. We actually also know by experience and research that over 90% of the investors deal flow uh, comes from referrals. So from their peer network. And uh, that is already got, you know, um, that is already a problem in itself, isn't it? Because I mean, you, we are also running ourselves of people that are very similar to us. Mm -hmm. So our peer network is also, is also biased in a way. 
Um, and then, of course, I mean, we know that uh, less uh, of this huge deal flow, less than 1% actually of, of, of these startups get funded. Um, so we've seen a lot of wasted opportunities in this and uh, wasted opportunities from both sides, from the investor side and from the startup side. Because, of course, I mean, you as an investor, you're putting a lot of efforts, you know, in scouting these companies, vetting the deal flow, you know, looking at talking to the founders, attending events, doing the due diligence. And all of a sudden you're just throwing these leads in the bin. <laughs> Um, you know, and if you like someone, then perhaps, you know, you're going to refer that person onto someone else or another investor is more suitable, let's say, for, for that yeah. specific startup at that stage. So these were actually, you know, some of the, the problems that we found in our industry. It was more about, you know, the relationship really building um, element and the trust between the investor and, and, and the startups that can then lead onto, you know, an investment and, uh, you yeah, know. Sure. So how so, so what did you build? So how did you solve the problem? Or how well, are you solving the problem? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, we, we wanted to, uh, with, with Digital Oracles, really, we wanted to disrupt a, li disrupt a little bit the investment world by making it a little bit more accessible, as I say, but actually also uh, more transparent and meritocratic. Um, you know, uh, we, we wanted to do this and, and in, we, we explored so many different ways uh, to do this. But in the end, you know, what we wanted to do really was to bridge the relationship gap between the investors and the uh, founders. And what actually, uh, uh, to be even more specific, we want to call them overlooked founders. Overlooked founders are those founders that unfortunately are not um, you know, very familiar to you as an investor, uh, or perhaps they are not coming from you know, a Revolut or a Google or a well-known brand, um, or you know, they are not living in a tier and working in a tier one hub such as London, for instance. Um, so we were basically wanted to give investors a, um, a platform to uh, what we say identify um, and select really the most promising companies, both in their portfolio, but also on our platform. Um, so, you know, the, um, the goal here is to really like, um, we, we don't want to build, uh, you know, funds. We don't want to compete with investors. We actually spotted a big, big gap that is before the investment happens. I think that that is actually, if we can basically solve that problem of, you know, introducing the right investors with the right entrepreneurs at, you know, even earlier on and making sure that they get to know each other you know, for a period of time and they get to test each other and the, the startup actually manages to, you know, prove themselves by reaching specific goals and milestones that we have set on our, you know, uh, platform, then, you know, they, they can finally, like, you know, start it to, you know, get to know each other and build something hopefully that will lead to an investment. So we are not promising here you know, that you're joining Digital Oracles, you're going to get an investment. No, we are actually promising here that you're joining, uh, you know, Digital Oracles uh, as an investor and you're able to actually test your leads before invest. And um, that is what we are promising. And for the uh, startups instead, what we are promising is that we have done this before. Um, you know, I have 
you know, gone through this process myself. I've surrounded myself with very clever people. And, you know, we've all like, you know, in our team mentored a lot of startups, uh, built accelerators before, you know, worked in private equity, um, you know, build go to market strategies. And what we basically uh, decided to do is to create a set of uh, what we call goals and tasks, tools and resources to help the uh, startups in their journey um, to, you know, growing and propelling their projects. The way we're doing this is very, very simple and easy. So um, through our R&D, uh, we created self-assessment form. So it's a self-assessment, uh, seven simple questions. We are able to understand at what stage of growth the startups are at. They could be, you know, at an idea stage or prototype, you know, validation, traction and success or takeoff, what we call takeoff. Once we know at which stage, um, you know, at which stage they're at, so then we can place them into, you know, our, we can place them on the dashboard and we can, our, our, our platform will, will basically customize, you know, their goals and tasks uh, and tools and resources and what they have to do in order to unlock their milestone and get a reward, which is a non-monetary reward that has been set by the investor. Um, and that could be, for instance, you know, if I am locking like, you know, um, my prototype stage, the investor might have actually offered, uh, you know, one to one chat or, for instance, an introduction to a commercial partner to actually see if the, that prototype uh, is, um, you know, is what you say that it is. Um, so it's all about, you know, interaction, building interaction between between the two parties. I like that. I think it's uh, it's you know, the. Um... As somebody who's been on each side of that fence, um, I think it's interesting. Like it's uh, it's it's hard. Like I'm good at getting people excited and getting investors excited. Yeah. Though so and I, you know, and I'm a sales guy. That's my job. Like I should be able to do that. Um, at the same time, when I I naturally prefer salespeople when they're pitching to me, and so I have that unconscious bias straight away. Like if someone's you know very uh, extroverted and so forth when they're pitching to me, I'm like, I like you. Yeah. But we're going to do a deal. Do you know what I mean? That's that's kind of how it works. And I know I have that bias. And I don't have, but it'd be good to have a relationship with someone where you have a long-term relationship to see how, how they progress and they, they can deliver on their promises. I love that. Um, so conscious of like the speed of this, this, this podcast, so I'm going to cut to some really good bits because I really, I think what we do is great. I think it's something where there, it needs to be shaken up. Yeah. Like as, a, as, as a, an investor myself, like deal flows everything. Like, you know, that's what it comes down to. Like, ultimately, that's what makes me successful or not as an investor is the quality of deals that I get access to. Um, and that's the same for every VC, you know, because you're only, you can only select the good ones that come through your pipeline, okay? And so having a better feed of, um, and a better way to assess those is going to make you more successful. Same again for startups, having access to better investors and having a better chance of proving the quality of what you've got. If you may not be the best at networking or you may not be the best at pitching, it's really great to have that other channel. So I think what you're doing is incredible. I, yeah, I think it's a really smart move. It's a however, mindset shift. Yeah, yeah, go on. It is. So however, right, let's get into some questions here. Okay. What is something that you see constantly that you see these startups do that you're like, ah, oh, don't do that? <laughs> um, yes. Well, first thing is definitely going straight into building um, the product. Building itself. too soon. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, um, you know, um, I have been, as I told you, I mentored a lot of uh, tech startups. Uh, the problem that you find with a lot of tech founders 
um, you know, coming from a dev background, developers mainly, they try to solve a problem by building something. Um, and that is not necessarily always the case. So I always say, like, you know, first thing first, you have to understand your customers, um, you know, try to speak to them as much as possible. I mean, that is why it took us two years to actually, you know, do this research and then start building um, so that, you know, we haven't retouched the platform as a lot of people do. You know, how many times you hear of, uh, you know, founders that say, oh, I started this, it didn't work. You know, I actually had to restart from scratch. Um, we actually leveraged um, the universities up here. Um, to help us build our initial prototype and test it, you know, on a very small um, customer base. Um, so that was actually definitely, you know, one of the things that I see, um, you know, constantly, constantly. Another thing that I see um, for sure is uh, a lot of assumptions. You know, there are, you know, a lot of people are just doing a lot of assumptions uh, without doing market research, which is linked to the to the first one of building too soon. So yeah. what is really market research? You know, a lot of people are thinking, like, how can I do this right without spending a lot of time and spending a lot of money? Uh, but at the end of the day, that is also linked to the community question that you asked me before. You know, if you got your community, these are most likely your first customers. So mm -hmm. test, you know, whatever idea you've got with them and make them part of the evolution of that product or project. Um, and then of course, I mean, another thing I see that is uh, very interesting. I mean, I see so many things, I'm just telling you what it comes to my head, right? Um, pitch decks that are extremely inaccurate. Um, and that is like, you know, one of the things that um, I, I, you know, drove me to actually design digital oracles to what it is now. You know, we actually want to challenge uh, you know, uh, a lot of investors that are using pitch decks and financial forecasts to assess the viability of a project, um, because we know that pitch decks and financial forecasts are extremely unreliable, um, but also static documents that don't really show, you know, uh, the process that that entrepreneur has been through. And a lot of the information, you know, about, you know, the sum, the song, the time, you know, are always wrong. You know that as well, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, and, and that, you know, I, I really think that, you know, the, uh, the pitch deck and, you know, the financial forecast, you know, can definitely be uh, refined with time and perhaps with the help of a, a very experienced, uh, experienced investor. So, you know, but if we pretend from the get-go that a lot of uh, startups get that right and we discard these people just because they, they didn't do a, a very pretty pitch deck, then you know it. It's it's not fair, is it? Yeah, no. I yeah, yeah I agree with you. I remember. I am. Um, you know, it's not about me, but I get a guy, and I know he listens to this show because he's a friend of mine now. Um, he was uh, he's assessing me for some investment, and um, he said, "Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think your forecast is ambitious enough." I was like, "All right, hold on. Don't worry about it." And I literally went to my spreadsheet and I just, times ten. There you go, mate. What do you think now? Give me the money. It's just, it's just like, it's just fiction. What are you talking about? It's madness. Um, we're good friends now. Um, we weren't at the time. Um, so, okay, that's good. I like that. I like that. And so uh, here's um, one more question, actually, before we get to the final bit. Um, and it's been really helpful. Thank you so much. This is really good advice. Um, what, what, what is your, what is your one piece of advice, best piece of advice to get noticed by investors? Okay from everyone else, how to differentiate yourself. Because that's what you're doing here. You're still creating another platform where people can differentiate. 
But what's your one piece of advice to help people differentiate themselves and so they are more likely to get noticed? Because that's a big part of the process. <laughs> that's the holy grail, isn't it? Um, well, I mean, it's pretty much related to uh, what I said at the beginning. You have to build your own profile uh, first. Um, you know, that is the, the, the main way to actually um, get noticed, be noticed by an investor. But there is another way as well. Um, and I always say uh, this, go vertical. And we go vertical. What I mean is that um, if you are, for instance, in a, um, you know, an area, um, let's say, let's take again blockchain, just because, I mean, we are, we are talking, you know, we talked about this before. Um, you know, make sure that, you know, you know your, your market pretty well. Um, you know, you will definitely have know exactly, you know, all the players in the market. You will also know your, you know, supply chain and you will also know who your partners are and make sure that, you know, you get in touch with these partners because these partners most likely have already had some contacts with potential investors who can provide you with an intro. And, you know, that is the easiest way. Um, you know, to get to to these investors um, or to be noticed at least, you know, and uh, if you are trusted by your partners, then for sure, you know, your partner and your partners trust you, then of course, I mean, that is already a big seal of approval for, for an investor. Great. That's really good advice. Okay. One more. Um, I'm really big on productivity and output. I hate the term busy. I like the term productive. And founders, are always the most productive people out there. I'm always super impressed by them. Um, and you alluded to earlier when you're saying like you were running a business, starting a business, being a mentor and doing a master's at the same time. So you must have some tips and advice. So give me a tip or some advice for our community about how to be epic with your output. There is no one size fits all because, um, you know, I speak to a lot of founders and they are all um, approaching, you know, productivity in different ways. Um, there are people that really write, uh, you know, like writing uh, or, you know, having their top three, um, you know, lists. Um, you know, I personally, you know, I've got next to me, it's a calendar. It's a weekly calendar with uh, all the things that I've got to do. And I've got like a little post-it with my top three for this week. And I got this one actually from all my years of uh, working with corporate companies where I was asked to prepare, um, you know, like my top three of this week, uh, which normally uh, is about, you know, applying the 80-20 rules to like, you know, the 20% of the things that can generate 80% of the revenue. Um, so that's definitely like, you know, a way for me to prioritize my, uh, my calendar. But I can also tell you that, you know, right now we are in, uh, you know, lockdown. Uh, we don't see our team members. Um, we only basically speak to other team members, you know, with Zoom or Skype. So we are by ourselves most of the day and it's so difficult to, to stay focused and keep going. So what I personally do, um, I just basically try to mix and match my days and have, for instance, a couple of calls during the day um, uh, that, you know, with people that are in my industry or with founders or, you know, with investors, um, but always keep like, you know, one or two uh, meetings max per day so at least i can have a break from you know doing my work um because i mean in this way you, you already have you have a little bit of uh, variation right because otherwise it's gonna be like so 
it's so hard to stay focused uh you know for you know eight ten hours and i always recommend people to actually take a break because it, it you know if that is something that we don't do and we are very hard with ourselves we always believe that in order to actually uh, be a start, startup founder you have to work you know an immense amount of hours but sometimes there are a lot of people that are more efficient by working only two or three hours now i don't blame them you know perhaps they're gonna stop and they are gonna go you know go for a walk for two or three hours and then come back i mean it's not about the amount of hours that you put it's about you know the amount of effort and how concentrated you are and how efficient you are with your time um so i hope that 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 helps no yeah hey it really helpful really great advice i love it i really do Sarah, you've been amazing. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I really much. appreciate it. Thanks so much for your advice. Oh, thank you so much for your help. Thank you for.